We meet today in Colossians chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 13. Christ Jesus is the answer to philosophy. In the first 15 verses of this chapter, we will see that Christ is the answer to philosophy. Actually, the remainder of the chapter will show that he is the answer to ritual. The answer to philosophy is for the head. The answer to ritual is the heart. Now, Christianity has always been in the danger of extremism. One extreme is philosophy and the other is ritualism. There's a real danger or peril on either side. That is why we need to guard against following the line of philosophy or following the line of ritual. Christianity is not a system but a person, and that person is Christ. Now, there were five errors that endangered the Colossian church, which Paul will deal with actually in this chapter. Let me highlight those areas and the verses where they are found. The dangers were, first, the enticing words, and those are found in verse 4 to verse 7 of chapter 2. Then the dangers of philosophy, verse 8 to verse 13. The danger of legality, verse 14 to verse 17. Then the danger of mysticism, verse 18 to verse 19. Finally, the danger of asceticism, verses 20 to verse 23. Those dangers were a problem in the 21st century, were a problem in the 1st century church. They are still dangers today in the 21st century church. Many even so-called Bible believers have slipped into one or more of these errors. Today we will consider in detail the danger of enticing words and philosophy, and we leave the other three for our next study. First, Colossians 2 verse 1, For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you, and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Paul mentions two places here, and he uses also two words. Important word here is conflict. He is in a great conflict. Let me highlight something about Laodicea. Actually, Laodicea was near a city near Colos. And in Laodicea was one of the seven churches of the book of Revelation. It was the church that is described as being lukewarm. Paul saw that there was a grave danger in Colos and in Laodicea, and it caused great conflict in his heart. What is the meaning of the word conflict? It caused a great concern in his heart. For him, he saw that they were in the danger of going off in one or two directions. And so this explains why we find Laodicean's lukewarm condition when they are described in the book of Revelation. What had happened to them? They had lost sight of the person of Christ. Christ is the answer to man's head. He is also the answer to man's heart. 
And Paul is in a great conflict. He is concerned about them, looking at them and seeing them torn between two worlds, either to go into the world of philosophy or to remain with Christ. They needed to make a decision. Colossians 2 verse 2 That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Now, their hearts may be encouraged or may be comforted is an important statement here, but it speaks of the heart. The heart indicates the entire inner man. That means the whole propulsive nature of man. He is praying that their hearts, their humanity, their whole persons might be comforted, might be encouraged. Being knit together in love means compacted together in love. You see, love will draw them together. After all, a church is not united by gifts or even by what we term today as a spirituality. The bond that unites believers is love. It is the cement that holds us together. It is the glue of the church. And no wonder Paul, in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, You must strive to keep the unity of the church in the bond of love. Now, what is the mystery of God? Again, we have this word. The church, my friend, is the mystery, for it had not been revealed in the Old Testament. God was going to save the Gentiles. That had been made clear in the Old Testament, and he did save them. But on the day of Pentecost, God started a new thing. He began to call out a group of people into the body of believers, baptizing them by the Spirit of God into this body. That is what Paul is explaining in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. You see, my friend, Christ had a physical body while he was here on the earth, and he has a spiritual body down here on the earth. What is it? The church. That body is the body of believers that have trusted him. And that body is called Christ. That is why the Lord Jesus said to Saul, Why are you persecuting me? Whenever the church is being persecuted, it's Christ being persecuted because the church is the body of Christ. Saul was persecuting Christ personally. The church is Christ. It belongs to him, the mystery of God. Even Christ. Colossians 2 verse 3. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You see, it is in Christ where the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. All that we need is in Christ Jesus. If only we could learn that. He is the reservoir of knowledge. Christ has been made unto us wisdom. We need to rest in that, my friend. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in him. How wonderful it is. When you have known Christ, you are exposed to this wisdom, to this knowledge. 
have you started benefiting from what Christ has in him for you, my friend? Someone has said, sometimes we have so much potential in ourselves, but it may only take that we actually activate those properties because they are already ours. Are you activated to be a beneficiary of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, which are all in Christ Jesus? Now Paul will discuss the era of enticing words. Remember I said that in this section we will talk of the era of enticing words and the era of philosophy. To begin with, enticing words. Colossians 2 verse 4 Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. He is going to deal with the matter of philosophy and enticing words. Philosophy and psychology have been substituted for the Bible in many places today. It is amazing to find men, some men even from our theological seminaries, who are holders of PhD degrees. They are there, yet they know very little about the Bible. They all know about Wellhausen. They all they all know about Kant, they all know about Plato, and even Thomas Aquinas, but they don't seem to know very much about the Word of God. That is the great problem of our day. We know the mind of men more than we know the mind of God. What do you know more, my friend? What your teachers taught you, what your professors taught you? Have you been taught by God? Has the Holy Spirit revealed to you anything? You see, there was that same danger in Colossae as well as in Laodicea. People were getting acquainted with the knowledge of man and not the knowledge of Christ. That is what actually killed the church in Colossae, and it made the church in Laodicea the weakest of the seven churches of Asia Minor. It was in the worst spiritual condition, and yet the people thought that they were well off. These cities were wealthy, they boasted of their wealth and affluence, and also of their knowledge, but they were blind to their true spiritual condition. How true it is even for us, my friend, with all things going well for us. In Africa we have so many learned people with many degrees, with many doctoral degrees at every turn of the road, but why are we still poor? Why are we still fighting each other? What is the use of our energy? What is the use of our knowledge? We need to learn of Christ. The more we get learned, the more sophisticated we become at getting at each other's throat instead of being of service to our nations, instead of being of service to our neighbor. So Paul is warning us to beware that we will beguile ourselves with enticing words. And that will victimize us. We must be careful of the philosophers. We must be careful of these people who will come with enticing words. In fact, some have also come into the religious realm. They will entice us with words. Their words cause many people to follow a certain individual instead of the word of God. My friend, any true servant of God will say, let Christ be exalted or let him increase, but let me decrease. 
Colossians 2 verse 5. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Now at this time, the word that was coming back to Paul was that this church was standing. To see your good order is an important word at this time. Actually, order is a military term, and it means to stand shoulder to shoulder. That is what believers ought to be doing, standing shoulder to shoulder. And he is encouraging them that I would like to see, I would rejoice to see you standing shoulder to shoulder, being strong, contenting for the faith, and then steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Steadfastness means to have a solid front, to be immovable. The literal translation would be stereotype or the opposite of movable type. Paul writes this same thought actually to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15.58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The Colossian church had a reputation of steadfastness, and Paul wanted them to continue like that and not to be led astray by the oratory of some, especially as they used those persuasive, enticing words. Colossians 2 verse 6, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. What a statement. What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be a Christian? My friend, salvation is to receive a person, and that person is Christ. So Paul says, since you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him. Walk in him. Now, to walk in him, he is basically saying, now that you have received him, walk in him, walk in the spirit, walk in him in your home, in your office, walk in him in your classroom, walk in him on the streets, walk in him wherever you are, even in your bedroom, walk with him. The way you get around in this life is to walk. You are to walk in Christ. God grant that you and I might be joined to him in our daily walk. Walk in him. Since you are a child of God, let it show. Walk in him. Colossians 2 verse 7. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now, the word rooted means rooted like a tree, and a tree is a living thing, my friend. And then we are to be built up as a house. A house is not a living thing, but it requires a tremendous foundation. So Paul tells us in Ephesians that the foundation is Jesus Christ. So having received Christ, we are to walk in him, doing what? Being rooted, drawing our life from him as a tree, and build up in him as a house. Your faith resting upon him the solid foundation. 
Paul is talking, giving us the antidote to enticing words. Now he moves on to discuss the danger of philosophy. Colossians 2 verse 8 Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. What Paul is basically saying at this point is, Beware, look out, stop, look and listen. The equivalent of Sila in the Old Testament. Beware. Why? Lest anyone should cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. If you were to follow the history of philosophy, beginning with Plato, including many of the church fathers and coming down to the more recent philosophers, people like Kent, Loki and Baltimore and Thomas Aquinas, these actually seem to make some theologians crazy right now. When you trace them, you find that none of them have a very high view of the inspiration of the word of God. What are they doing? They are looking for answers to the problems of life, but they will not be found in philosophy. They are looking for answers in all the wrong places. A true philosopher is a seeker after truth, but truth is not found in human wisdom, my friend. Christ is the answer, the answer to philosophy. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. But false philosophy is like a blind man looking in a dark room for a black cat that isn't there. There is no hope for its search for truth there. Paul warns the Colossians to beware of this. Beware. Stop. Look. Listen. According to the tradition of man, you may remember that the Lord Jesus condemned the religious rulers in his day because they taught the tradition of man rather than the word of God. This is why I think it is important for us to study the total word of God, not the ideas of man. Also, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. You see, my friend, some people try to build their Christian living on some worldly system that seems so simple. Our base is not philosophy or a worldly system. Our base is Christ. So, because our base is Christ, Paul speaks of Christ. Colossians 2 verse 9. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. This is an, a wonderful statement. In Christ dwells all the pleroma. This is a clear-cut statement of the deity of Christ. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead, not just 99.99%, but 100% dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 2 verse 10 And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. 
Now, you are complete in Christ, my friend. Complete is a neutral term, and it could be translated in this very vivid way. You are already for the voyage of life in him. Isn't that a wonderful way of saying it? You are ready for the voyage of life in Christ, and whatever you need for the voyage of life, you will find in him. This is where we say that Christ is the answer. What is your question? What is it you need today? Are you carried away by human philosophy? Then, my friend, turn to Christ. Are you carried away by enticing words? Are you carried away by the systems and traditions of men, the basic principles of this world? The answer is turn to Christ. He is the sure foundation. The rock which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Colossians 2 verse 11. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Paul is telling his Colossian readers here to get rid of that which is outward. You see, the real circumcision is the new birth in Christ. He explained this to the Galatians in Galatians 6 verse 15. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. My friend, you and I become new creatures when we come to Christ and trust him as our Savior. We rest in him. We are identified with him. Colossians 2 verse 12. Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him, through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ here is an historical fact. When Christ died, you and I died with him. Then he took our place. And when he was raised, we were raised with him, and we are now joined to a living Christ. It is so important for us to see that we are joined to a living Christ. He rose triumphantly on the third day. The issue is whether or not we are born again, whether we really know Christ as our Savior. If we do know him, we are identified with him. Identification with Christ is putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. You see, that is a spiritual circumcision. When you put your trust in the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. It is by this baptism that we are identified with Christ and we are also raised with him, joined to the living Christ. Salvation is accomplished by the resurrection power of God. It's not some philosophy. It's not some gimmick. It's not some little system of philosophy. It is not the taking of some course that will enable you to live for God. It is the power of the resurrection of Christ. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 And you being dead in your trespasses, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. This is good news, my friend. Paul is saying here we are joined to the living Christ. Now if we are joined to him, my friend, you are going to live as if you are. 
How close are you to him? Do you walk with him? Do you tend to him in all the emergencies of life? Is he the one who is the very center of life? Paul says, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made you alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. You are forgiven, my friend. Walk as a forgiven child of God. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.